everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Massive Attack podcast. I'm your host tonight, Joe, and with me as usual is Mitch. Hello. Well, Mitch, it's been a month since we recorded our last episode. What have you been up to? I've been listening to the last episode. It's okay. felt that long. <laughs> no, what have I been up to? Not a lot. Um, seen some movies. I went to Supernova on the weekend, which was a pop culture expo. And that was, that was as usual, the same sort of thing. A bunch of people queuing up for photos with actors. Who doesn't really work for me, but there's plenty of girls dressed in cosplay outfits, which is always a, yeah, it's always, always good to see. And That's... I did feed my Superman habit a little bit more by buying some Superman headphones. So it was a bit of an expensive day out for oh, you? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, 10 bucks to park, 40 bucks to get in. And how much for your headphones? 50. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing, you spend that much to get in, you sort of have to buy something to justify it, which makes no sense. Well, I know when we went to um, Armageddon last year, it was the same sort of thing. We like paid a lot to get in, paid for parking, and I think I just bought Gears of War Hero Clicks for $3. That was my uh, some purchases for the whole day yeah, we were there. So you win at Armageddon, I don't. Yeah, I then lose. you bought you know, a bag full of trades and a bunch of other stuff, so I guess you came They're away. probably still sitting on my coffee table unread. Yes. Yeah, so I did that. I saw a couple of films. I saw um, A Dangerous Method, which has got Michael Fassbender, or Magneto, and it's got Viggo Mortensen, or Aragon. So, oh. yes, that was quite cool. And Kira Knightley. And what was that about? It's about Jung and Freud. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so that's about the birth of psychoanalysis, which um, is quite good. I mean, good acting. And... How was Michael Fassbender's accent? He didn't really put one on. Yeah, because was... in X-Men First Class, he kind of started with that almost German accent, and then for some reason he switched to an Irish oh, accent. Well, that's the thing. The in, in this, he sort of sounded very English, and then other words like Fräulein, he'd really German it up. Yeah. But that was just one word, you know, where Vigo sort of put a bit of an accent on. Well, what nationality is he? He's Danish. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. English is an accent for him too. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of cool. I saw Margin Call, which is very good, which is about sort of the global financial crisis. Yeah, I've heard some really good reviews about that. Yeah, great cast. Kevin Spacey, Stanley Tucci, Zachary Quinto, Jeremy Irons. Really good. Like, it was, it's an it's a acting film. Yeah. Like, it's just all dialogue. There is nothing else. But uh, yeah, really, really good. Recommend okay. that. Yeah, it's sort of, like, it's sort of weird. Well, we, we talked about way back in episode two about some of the movies that we were really looking oh, forward to. Episode two... Oh, those are the days. Well, that was that was back in January. So it was, it's been a couple of months, and we went through quite a list of some of the movies that we were expecting mm-hmm. and looking forward to. Yeah. But not many of them have actually come out yet. I think we did mention uh, Star Wars Episode One in three D. I think you went and saw that. Nope. Didn't you? Oh, did you didn't no, go and see no, it? No, oh, okay. I I planned to. Yeah. And obviously had better things on. <laughs> yeah. It was just a lot. Oh, I thought I'd take the nephews, and I thought all these things, and it just never really rated on mm. my radar to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that today. So it came, it went, and I didn't really miss it, to be honest. Oh. I did hear some reviews that it was okay, yeah, but no one ever said, oh, that's the way it should have been seen, or it really added to it or anything. So I don't think I've missed anything. From all accounts, I don't think you have, but then... You kind of knew what you were going to see. It was just exactly, and that's the thing. It was a lot, it's not like I want to see that again. Where I was visiting the nephews the other day, and they go to bed watching a DVD, which is, I think is very bad parenting habits to do that for kids. But anyway, I would love it if I was a kid. And they're eight, yeah. and they were actually watching Empire Strikes Back to go to bed, and I found myself glued to it and watched the last two thirds of it <laughs> with them. And they were still up. It was like Easter holiday, so they they could stay up late. And as soon as it finished, they're like, push play again. So I ended up seeing the whole film, but out of order, but it didn't matter. And I just, how beautiful a movie that is, how good looking it is. There's no way I'm going to miss the older trilogy yeah. on 3D. I may see 
the next ones if I get around to it. But like I said, I was planning on seeing Phantom Menace and I never got to it. So yeah. who knows? But yeah, Empire, I'm, I just want to see that on the big screen again. I don't care if it's 3D or not. Just, well, for I a lot of people, Empire was the best of the, the original trilogy. And by most accounts, it's the one that most people can relate to, I guess, because it's... It's just cool. Yeah, it's... It has likable characters doing likable things and, you know, a baddie that you can really root for. rogues more than exactly. likable characters. And it doesn't have Muppets in it. Well, it does. It does. A Muppet in it, but it doesn't, awesome. have, it doesn't have the Ewoks in it and it doesn't have useless characters that aren't really necessary. Yeah. It just progresses the story along nicely. So what about you? You have seen anything? Well, we, we did have a little bit of an excursion to go and see a movie, but we'll be talking about that a little bit later in this episode in, in a bit more detail. But no, I, other than that, I haven't been to the movies. I've watched a few things on DVD. Anything Nothing good. Anything to warn us away from? Well, I finally got around to watching Green Lantern. Yes. And I don't really remember much of it. Unfortunately, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. It's not a bad film. It's just not a memorable film. No. Well, like, it, it, yeah, I, I mean, I can't critique it for saying this is terrible, like it's bad acting or a bad script or bad direction. It's just dull. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not good. Yeah, it was just, it was just background filler, really. Um, yeah, where I Electra is the same sort of thing. That came out as a comic movie, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll watch it. I heard it's meant to be bad. I can't even remember it. That's how bad <laughs> it was. Like it's just I don't remember what happened. Yeah, there's some sort of scenes I vaguely remember, and that's about it. Not a good film when you're doing that. At least yeah. you can turn around to something and say, well, they tried and they failed. Yeah. Or you can see why it failed. Like you look at the old 1990 Captain America movie, and it's a cheap ass film with no actors and no budget and no whatever and a terrible suit, and you go, well, I know why. But you look at Green Lantern and it's $200 million or whatever and just nothing. It just gives you nothing. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even a spectacular failure, which you'd rather. No, it really was just background filler. And I, I think what made it worse is my wife and I went through a little bit of a Ryan Reynolds phase and we watched... The, the actor of our generation. Well, he is I think the actor you quoted of our generation. <laughs> but then after doing a little bit of an IMDB search, we found out that Leonardo DiCaprio was only a year older than him and you know, there's the few other people that weren't much better actors in that same sort of 30 to 40 age bracket. But anyway, yep. yeah, we, we'd watched the one where he's buried in the coffin. What's that movie? Buried. Buried. We watched, <laughs> we watched Buried the week before we watched Greenland. Yeah. And Buried, you couldn't say it's a good film, but it really shows Ryan Reynolds' his acting credibility because it's just him in a box for 90 minutes. And I think the fact that you know that he can act and then he does this Green Lantern movie which is basically just his head in a CGI body and he shows you that he can't act. No, it's just, he got nothing to do. That's yeah. a problem. I mean, you hire Ryan Reynolds to be Ryan Reynolds and he doesn't even really get a chance to do that. Well, the same thing happened in Wolverine, was it, where he was Deadpool? Yeah, but I mean, he got to talk. He's yeah. only in a little bit. They only did a couple of days of shooting and he and he got to be the Merc with the mouse so he was wisecracking he just didn't do much and then when they did it at the end they yeah. had another actor playing with no mouth so it was just yeah, sort of exactly. why bother that's not yeah less said about Wolverine better yeah exactly it's a good video game not a very good movie it's a great video game yeah. Well, speaking, speaking, of games. speaking of video games, again, it's been a little while since we've talked video games here on the podcast, and we've been playing a few things. We've been really falling back on our old favourite Borderlands. But we, we have. It's, it's a drug. Just I'm letting anyone out there, if you haven't started, warning you now, if you have an addictive personality, it may be dangerous. But I think we probably... We'll save our Borderlands discussion for when we actually do our Borderlands episode, but we've been playing a few other things. I've bought a few extra tables for pinball effects that aren't too bad. Linking in with the Marvel, I bought the Marvel 
I think it's the Heroes and Villains pack or something like that it's called, with four extra tables that haven't been too bad. And I've been playing a little bit of the ATV racing game Pure, because you actually picked that up for me for $3 oh, at a bargain oh. price. I know, good friend. <laughs> Knows, but no cost spared. Yes. What have I done? I've played and finished um, Shadows of the Damned, which was interesting. Yeah. It's it's fun. As, I mean, you, you play Garcia fucking Hotspur, who is a demon hunter who goes to hell to get his girlfriend back. And you are accompanied by your friend, which is a floating skull, which turns into guns. His name is Johnson. And he becomes guns called Boners. And it's all just a lot of dick jokes. So your Johnson gets a boner. Yes. Mm. And, and he takes a you know a sex phone call to get to become a bigger gun and he becomes a big <laughs> boner that's the sort of sense of humor in this game it's actually quite good i really enjoyed it very violent yep. obviously quite lewd and and yeah. quite juvenile but um it was a bit of fun so really it, it ticked all the right boxes for you then yeah pretty much yeah well speaking of juvenile i, I almost forgot to mention it i've been playing soul caliber 5 as well but it's not juvenile is it well anything that's got special physics engines just for the jiggle of the boobs has to be pretty juvenile i think that's beautiful yeah. Not juvenile. But I guess I can probably gloss over that pretty quickly because I bought it and I'd finished the story mode the day after I bought it. Oh. So a little bit disappointing in the length of the game. But, but the is it about there, story or is well, it about fighting? It's it's about full fighting and I think they've put a little bit more emphasis onto the online of this one than they did previously. But this is Whereas, your like a history of gaming. Soul Calibur is one of your yeah, Soul Calibur is so one of my this faves. is in your wheelhouse. It's still got everything a Soul Calibur game that you really look for in the game. It's It's got nice backgrounds, beautiful music. Jiggly boobs. Jiggly boobs. It's got creative character, which is quite in-depth. You can make quite good characters and you can dress them up how you like them. But story mode-wise, in the previous Soul Caliburs, you could have a different story for each different character, whereas this one, when you play story mode, it gives you a character to play and you are stuck pretty much playing that character through the whole thing. And it's only, yeah, only one one character's story. And there's no CGI cutscenes. It's pretty much... Um, yeah. And the cutscenes in between the... Well, they're not, not cutscenes, but the load screens in between the fights are basically a still picture with some text and a little bit of voiceover. Yeah, that sounds like 1996. Yeah, so it was, it was a little bit disappointing in that way. But I traded in a bunch of games and I had some JB vouchers left over from Christmas, so I actually managed to pick it up for like six bucks or something like that after trading in seven other games. <laughs> That's all right. But, Didn't cost you much. Yeah, and it was on sale when I bought it, and I think it was a bit of a whim, and you know, I'm kind of glad I did, but I don't really know how much replay value I'm going to get out of it. That's a shame. Yeah, well, that's the thing, Shadow of the Dam, I'm done now. That's it, I've done the story, and I don't mind, I like that in the game, so it's it done. I'm not going to go back and replay it. I'll lend it, but I won't, I won't yeah. replay it myself. The other thing, though, we've, we've both kind of fallen into the trap of casual iPad games. Well, you did ask me what TV I've been watching, just to see beforehand we discuss what we're going to talk about, and I haven't. You rattled off the list that we mentioned um, a couple of episodes ago, and I haven't hardly watched anything on that list. Yeah. So uh, and I was trying to work out what I have been doing. And apart from Borderlands, I have been on my iPad a little, yeah, a little well, bit too much. Like when I originally thought about getting an iPad, it was kind of like, mm, yeah, I don't know if I should get an iPad. But then I got it as a birthday present. And as soon as I got it, I thought to myself, I'm really glad I got this. Yeah. There's not a day that goes past where I don't turn it on. And I'm now, we're now recording this podcast through the iPad. I just find it so easy for everything. And we've got the little 99 cent apps that you buy that you think, oh yeah, this will kill five minutes. And I How find, many have you got? Uh, I don't know, actually. Not as many as you, I don't think. Yeah, but how many you bought? Oh. Most of mine are free, I'm told. True. Um, I worked out the other day that since I've had this at the end of December, I've spent $50 on apps. <laughs> 
Admittedly, some of them were your premium $5 apps. Like Ooh. the Recorder Plus that we used to record was $2.99. So oh, that's fair enough. Then. Yeah, but then at Christmas time, EA were having a sale and they had a bunch of stuff for like 99 cents. So we bought Monopoly for 99 cents and Scrabble for 99 cents and... I think Tetris was 99 cents, so we got that. I don't think I've even booted it up yet. But I must say Monopoly is very good. And if you're a Monopoly fan, I suggest checking out Monopoly on the iPad because the joy of the iPad means you're not going to have to rummage around looking for little houses that fall under the couch and you know, finding the race car that's stuck down under the carpet and stuff like that. It, it's on the screen. It's HD. It counts the money for you. It works out you know, how much money you need to pay people for the rent. And there's no cleanup afterwards. You just turn it off. But that's the part of the fun of Monopoly is taking piles of money. And, well, I did anyway. Well, I don't know. When, when I was kids, I'm the youngest of a family of five, so Monopoly in our house always used to end in fights. I don't think it never does. Well, I don't know, but now on the iPad, it's virtual fights. It's no. good. And it has tabletop mode, so you can play it with your iPad just sitting on the table and the screen sort of rotates around to face the person whose go it is and has cute little animation. And, and, you know, you've got your little house rules you can put on it. So, yeah, for, for 99 cents, it was a good pickup. I think normally it's about 2.99, but even that's not really a stretch. Well, I've been playing Dominion. Now, That you, you play Monopoly, it sounds pretty geeky, but I'm going to up your geekness. Dominion is a card game. Card, like I, I get, I've not played Magic the Gathering or Pokemon or anything, but that's all about deck building and building up your deck. That's what Dominion is. I have played the board game once, and I thought this, this was really fun. I played with some friends. It was good. And I said to my friend, oh, is this a good price? I went online looking to buy it. And he goes, oh, you can, there's an app for the phone on the iPad, you know. I was like, really? And it's free. Yeah. It's called Dominion. And I was addicted. I got to, I got to admit, we went down to Tassie for a holiday for a weekend a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, and I don't know how many games I played waiting for stuff. I was like it's a, it's good. It's a quick five minute game. Yeah. You can finish a game in five minutes. So it's just a matter of building up your deck from these cards and sh- shuffles and you, you attack and you defend and all that. And, yeah, I I must admit, I got a bit addicted over that weekend. Yeah, to I, a point where my wife was telling me, it's like, put it away, put it away. <laughs> now she's on Dragon Veil on her phone <laughs> and she has nothing to say to me anymore because she's as bad as me. Not that I'll touch Dragon Veil. I have no idea what it is, but she seems to be enjoying it. Well, that's the thing. My wife plays Diamond Dash and Diner Dash as well on, on the iPad. And it's kind of like some days I'll come home from work and she'll be sitting on the couch with the iPad. And I'll be like, can I play with the iPad soon? It is mine. Yeah. And another game both of us have really got into, and I think the whole world has got into, is Draw Something. Yes. And again, that was a free app with ads or you pay 99 cents for an ad-free version that I shelled out the buck for and got the ad-free version. Yeah, it's one I did pay for. Yeah. And if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what Draw Something is... Basically, it's... It's Pictionary. It's Pictionary. You, if you don't know what Pictionary is, it's drawing stuff. It's, and people have to guess your drawings. Yeah, it gives you some words to choose from. You pick a word. There's varying degrees of difficulty. So it'll give you a word like cow. And you draw a picture of a cow. And you send it off to your friend. And he'll get a little notification on his device saying they've got this picture to guess. And they, they have a selection of letters. And then they pick the word based on your drawing. Yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, because you see the drawing being drawn. Like when, when you turn, bring up, so you say I've got a Joe's done a drawing for me me so i bring it up and i i see it get drawn out so i see how joe draws the picture sometimes he doesn't like what he's done he's got to scribble bits out or erase it or start afresh you see all that yeah. you don't realize that at the start until no. someone says you know you see all that and you can guess at any point so it's quite it's quite funny and i found myself like i'm i am taking a lot longer to draw a picture now like i had to do a, a shell was what i had to draw for joe and i spent forever 
doing a beach scene. There were clouds, there was water, there was starfish, there was everything. The last thing I drew was the shell. So it took him forever. He had to sit through the whole thing being drawn before he even got close to the clue. So yeah. that's just me being an ass. But yeah. I'm loving the idea of doing that. Where I mean, the idea, I don't know what the idea of the game is, but I am, I am definitely doing that because I'm having fun making other people sit through it. Yeah. And one thing I found, though, is if you do play it a lot, the words get repeated quite a bit. Like they do, I, yeah. I've got multiple games going with multiple people, although now I've dropped down to only people I know I'm playing with rather than just randoms, and I'm finding that a bit better. But you'll find that the same words will come up, and before they've even really got very far into the drawing, you'll see what letters are there, and you'll kind of go, oh, yeah, I know that's going to be you know, this word. But, you know, it, it's fun. It's a real time killer. You can sit there for five minutes drawing one drawing, or you can just take two seconds to draw stick figures. And, I mean, the thing is, it's on the iPads and it's on the iPhone, and I'm playing with people, or we're playing with people who are on the iPhone, and they're using their finger to draw. I've gone out and bought a stylus to use <laughs> on the iPad because I'm taking it very seriously. And the good thing for me is I'm a frustrated artist, yep. and I just don't draw enough anymore where I used to. So this is actually getting me in the mode to draw again. So it's, it's, I'm really enjoying it for that aspect. It's actually getting some creative juices going, even though they're not great pictures, but it's, it's making me think about a picture and the composition of a picture again. Yes, if you want to draw a girl, you just draw a stick figure of a girl. That's easy enough to do, but I'm actually trying to challenge myself as to how can I make this a real ass hat of a drawing and make someone have <laughs> to sit here for five minutes to get this stupid picture. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really digging it for that. Yeah, so I think this is like words with friends. It's huge that everyone's doing, and until the next social game comes out, exactly, it will die eventually. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm really enjoying it. The iPad, I guess, isn't just for for gaming. I know I've bought some other pretty cool it apps. Isn't? Well, no, it's not. It's, you can get porn on it too. And, <laughs> what? <laughs> then why are we recording? <laughs> but I've also forked out the the money to get Air Video. Oh, Air you Video did. Player. You did put me onto that, and that has been awesome. Because one thing, the iPad. And Apple in general, they they like their proprietary formats. They like MP4s, they like MP3s for audio. And being the filthy pirate that I am, a lot of the stuff that I download television-wise is in AVI files. And to play it on your iPad, you have to convert them to MP3 or MP4 and then put them into your iTunes and then put them from your iTunes into your, into your iPad. But Air Video actually streams it from your PC... And wirelessly. You can, wirelessly, and you can watch HD quality video without having to convert. Or put it onto your hard drive. Or, or, or put exactly, it or put it onto your iPad. You've got it on your PC, and like me, I've got my PC wired into my TV and my Xbox, so if I want to watch it on a big screen, I can watch it through Tiversity on the Xbox or through Media Player on the Xbox. Or if I want to go to bed and watch an episode of Two Broke Girls, I can take the iPad with me. Or the bathroom to watch Two Broke <laughs> Girls, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it was quite funny, because I was using the iPad, I got the iViewer, ABC iViewer, because I don't know if anyone watches Good Game, which is an Australian gaming TV show. Dave Callan, who's a local comedian, did a review for Just Dance and I was trying to explain to my wife about it and you can't explain it you can only show it so I just got the iPad out with the iViewer found the episode and scrolled through and said here it is check yeah. it out quite funny so it is like you said it's it's a, it's, it's a device no one needs but exactly. I'm finding I'm using it all the time and the more apps that come out the more you're finding you can't live without it yeah. or you'd rather not but I, I find it's kind of an antisocial machine too. Oh, fuck yeah. Because like, we'll be sitting watching a TV show and my wife will be like, oh, I like that actor. What else has he been in? And I'll be like, oh, if only I had a small internet device and you know, straight into IMDb and you can look at it and find out. And she'll be there going, you know, can we ever watch a movie without you playing with your iPad? And no. No. It's just... That's what cinemas are for. Exactly. Sometimes I mean, I'm in the cinema and go, I wish I had my iPad right now. Yeah. Mm. We spoke about TV. We did. And well, and I, I haven't really watched much. I yeah. Think. I mean, 10 o'clock live, I have been watching. 
which is a British comedy news program that's once a week and quite scathing and funny. So I very much Charlie Booker and David Mitchell. That's funny. It's what the 7pm project in Australia should be. So it's kind of like not the 9 o'clock news back in the day with Rowan Atkinson and Pamela Stevenson. Pamela Stevenson. Could be. I mean, it's, they all have their own segments and they discuss. So it's like the panel. They have a panel discussion, then they'll do some skits and then you fake real interviews as yep. well as fake interviews. Okay. So... Uh, if anyone remembers the DGen and the panel, sort of if you put those two together, you might get what this is, but with real top-end okay. um, comedians. Really yeah. good stuff. So that I've been watching. And same cast every episode, or do they have... Yeah, yeah same. Okay, might have to check that out. So I've been watching that, and Community's back on, which I'm wrapped because that was on a hiatus, and I was a bit worried it was going to get cancelled, but at least we're going to see the end of this season. We'll again get it renewed for another one, here's hoping, and it's been some good episodes since it's come back I'm so far behind the community I'll probably have to like mainline it I, I think I'm just about to start season 2 when we're into season 3 yep now, so that's I've got good probably check it out at least 30 episodes to catch up on yeah well something I don't have as much to catch up on but you're watching is Game of Thrones 2 yeah, well, well, season two. We now Game of Thrones two. Game of Thrones, the Wrath two. of Khan. The Wrath of Thrones. We're now three episodes into the the second season of Game of Thrones, and and so far I'm very impressed. Same, more of the same, better. It's more of the same, I guess. Peter Dinklage now is really bumped up and is the name actor in it now that Sean Bean's not in this season. <laughs> we won't go any further than that, but. He's now top billed on the on the credits, but I guess winning an Emmy will do that for you. Yes. And it's very much political this season too. Well, that's all the other one was. Well, I know the first one was quite political, but this one, you know, there's been the latest episode, episode three, where Peter Dinklage is coming to his own. Okay. Like he's really working out how he can play the other people off against each other. So yeah, it's good. And gratuitous violence is still there. We've still got the, uh, there was a term they said in the wiki that I thought was quite interesting, which is sex to position, where when something important's going to happen, they have like gratuitous nudity there, so people are paying more attention, which is kind of kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> which I'll, yeah, um, we'll get to it soon. Like I mean, what I have been watching, the wife and I have been watching Chuck. We've got about five episodes to go, and it's done. So I'm sort of just wanted to finish, but it's sort of like I'm a completionist, so I was like, I'm going to finish this series and be done with it. And then we'll probably be moving on to finish Twin Peaks, which I'm only 20, 20 years old. 20 years I'm behind old. on that. But don't spoil it, people. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Nearly there. So we're going to finish that. And then maybe West Wing. But we'll pro- probably try and squeeze Game of Thrones in. But yeah. what we did watch is Sherlock. I don't know if you watched that. No, but season I, do one have or season it, two. I do have it waiting ready to watch it's, both seasons. I recommend I really like it. What? I was thinking about all the stuff that I actually do watch, and I do watch probably a good couple of hours of TV every day, but I'm finding that Who I'm not watching time? scripted drama anymore. I'm finding I'm, I'm getting hooked on reality. Ooh. And I went through the stuff that I am actually watching this year, and so far I'm watching Celebrity Apprentice, which is the first time I've ever watched any of the Apprentice shows. And I only got into this season because Adam Carolla was going to be on, and I'm a big fan of the Adam Carolla podcasts. And I'm now finding that I'm enjoying the other cast members of this season quite a bit more as well like Penn Gillette's just awesome yeah I've not seen this season yeah and I as I said I've never watched it before but I'm getting into the format and I'm really enjoying it I really I've seen a couple of episodes of a couple of seasons and what I like the fact with the celebrity ones is these are all success people yeah exactly and there are some reality stars in there but mostly they are successful people there's Joan Rivers Tom Green 
Dennis Rodman, yeah. Gary Boosie, or whatever. So these people aren't used to being told no, yeah. and they aren't being, and they're and they're not used to working in a team. So it is quite interesting to see someone have to work for someone else and be told what to do, and to see how they react to that. And, and there's a lot clashes, of egos, yeah. and yeah, it is quite interesting to watch. And, and they are a lot of them are fallen stars, or they're not they're not on top of the game anymore because they wouldn't be on the show if they were. Well, what I think it is is, is Trump's at that age where he liked things back in the day and he's now bringing these people on because he liked them when he was younger. Like, Debbie Gibson was on this set. Like, Debbie Gibson hasn't done anything. Was she Deborah Gibson now, isn't she? Well, she is Deborah Gibson. But yeah. he keeps After she did Playboy, she's Deborah now. He keeps calling her Debbie. But she's done, a, like, Broadway a few things. But, you know, her heyday was back in the 80s with Electric Youth. Yes. And Arsenio Hall's one of the, one of the contestants and... He hasn't really done anything for what, 10, 15 years since his TV show went off the air. But I'm enjoying him as well. I think he's he's quite funny. He's got a good attitude. But yeah, I, I don't know. If, if you're a fan of Celebrity Apprentice, good on you. If you haven't watched it before, probably if you like the celebrities that are on it, I'd suggest maybe give it a watch and see what you think. And yeah, it's, it's a good recommendation. But the other thing I've been watching a lot of is Storage Wars. Yeah. And I think you haven't actually watched Storage Wars yet, but our friend Joel came over and he'd never seen it. And we, we let him watch one episode and after you that... You let him? Well, we, we were seeing... <laughs> <It's> like you <laughs> untook the disc out of the box saying, all right, you can watch this well, only once. It was, they were marathoning it on the A&E channel and we were like, oh, we're, we're hooked on this show, you should watch an episode. And he's like, all right, I'll watch one. And then he really enjoyed it. And the next time I saw him, I was like, oh, what have you been doing? And he's like, oh, I've downloaded the whole season of Storage Wars and sat and watched all of it. <laughs> Like Man vs. Food sort of did that for a while. But you can only watch so much. You sort of go, oh, this is a really funky idea. You watch it and then you go, oh, I've seen enough. Yeah, I've seen it. I know what the idea is now. I, I get it. Man vs. Food is still my uh, one and a half year old's favourite show. He's, <laughs> like When we watch it, he'll sit there in front of the telly and drool over the food. Mm. That and Dora the Explorer. Interesting taste. <laughs> Now, we mentioned before that we did have a little bit of an excursion. Well, two, actually. Well, two, exactly. A couple of weekends ago, we went and saw La Lucha Glamorosa. Yeah, which was a burlesque wrestling night. We, we are, as we mentioned before, we, we used to do professional wrestling. So we've seen our fair share of wrestling shows. I am quite partial to women taking their clothes off. It's, it's a nice thing. And burlesque makes it a lot more socially acceptable to go and see. And my wife actually likes going to see these things too. So I've seen quite a few burlesque shows over the time. I saw the Star Wars burlesque show. Can't really recommend it. As a geek, <laughs> they did a terrible job. Yeah, so when they did this like burlesque wrestling show, I was like, this could be interesting. Looked at the price. This is expensive. <laughs> but I was like, ah, fuck it. Why not? Let's exactly. go. Got nothing on. Let's go see it. And yeah, the format was... You had your typical MC, who was quite annoying, actually. She yeah, was I pretty terrible. to be the, the real turn-off of the show. She was, but there was matches with burlesque women with Mexican-themed names or under masks, and they did a choreographed match-slash-performance, I suppose you'd call it. Well, yeah, it, it was very much choreographed, and they were trying to choreograph it to the music. They had, like, music playing during the match, and they had, you know, a comic referee with a big Mexican... Moustache. The yeah, the girls came out with their luchador masks on, and they kind of grappled a little bit. And yeah. You can tell they had some training, but not a lot. Yeah. But they gave it a go, and, and and there was a bit of fun. And and also there were three real matches with real wrestlers. And I haven't been for a good year probably, and it was some good matches yeah, actually. It was that top was notch. top notch. So 
It was good talking to him, one of the backstage crew that we know from the wrestling. He actually said, for, considering they're not proper workers, like the girls, he goes, it's better than some of the rookie actual female wrestlers that are around the local scene at the moment. So scathing praise on the local scene, but the it, audience was into it. I'll give it that. And that's the best thing you can do with a wrestling show is to have heat and the audience has to be hot and they were. Well, I think what really, as far as the audience went, the audience weren't a wrestling audience. I don't no, they were hipsters. They were. There was an enormous amount of hipsters there. Like, I don't know who was it the roller derby that night because they were all at the freaking burlesque <laughs> show that night but anyway but they really got into it like, and, and that, that makes for a great night if a crowd is into the show yeah and the guys they had from Melbourne City Wrestling there that were doing the men's matches were specifically handpicked for the guys that could do the best high spots and really work the crowd and it did it worked there was like non-wrestling fans there that were just going nuts for simple wrestling moves which was good to see but for me I think that's what kind of let down the women's stuff is that their wrestling wasn't good and their campy storylines didn't really work and the MC of the night... Well, she was bad. I did like Frida. There was a girl who dressed like that Frida character. I know she's a real person that Selma Hayek (laughs) played in the movie, but she came out and she had the full eyebrow all the way across the top. She hadn't shaved her armpits and all this sort of stuff. She went to character. It was, And according to our friend in the backstage, it was all real. It wasn't fake underarm hair. I just found it was a fun... I've been to a lot of bad wrestling nights. I've been to some good wrestling nights... Yeah. But this was actually up there with one of the better ones because the energy was great. It exactly. was fast-paced. You're in and you're out. And it, I mean, it was not a sh- short show by any stretch, but it felt quick. Where some I've been to, it just yeah, it's a really long, great. long day. Well, the good thing was the matches themselves were only, what, five minutes? Yeah, as long as a song. Yeah, well, I think some of them were two songs. The main event was two songs. Mm. But by the time the main event came around, the crowd just went nuts. Uh, Vespa White and I can't think who the other girl was but you know it was just over the top craziness yep so if you've got a good idea and you want to make some money hipsters are the way to make money they are enthusiastic and they will and they will pay for anything so that was our one excursion the other one not so much of the girls getting their gear off and a little bit more of Nicolas Cage acting pretty badly yeah yeah, we went out and ventured to see Ghost Rider 2 Spirit of Vengeance, yeah. which I was predicting a couple of months ago that I was going to be excited and maybe the movie of the year for the comic movies. In a year of Batman and Avengers, I was wrong. You were very wrong. <laughs> and I haven't seen the other two yet, <laughs> but I'm saying now I'm wrong. I, I, I really don't know what happened to the guys from Crank. Like, they made the Crank films. Crank 1 was a really good film. Crank 2, as we mentioned in our other podcast, was kind of Crank 1 reenacted. The thing with Crank 1 is that there's no restraint at all. And exactly. it was just like, I can't watch this. I'm getting sick watching this. It's just, you're not stopping. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And you're just throwing everything, literally everything at me. And they had a bit to do with the Jonah Hex movie, which is almost unwatchable. And then they went off and they've directed, written and directed this Ghost Rider 2, which I was hoping, looking at the trailers, it, it visually... Usually it looked great and I thought this could be fantastic if they just do the energy that is Crank and crank it over to a dude on a flaming motorcycle with a skull for a head that's on fire. How can you go wrong? Exactly. And I mean they didn't get it totally wrong. It's not a it's not a terrible film. It's just not a great film. Yeah, so Mark Neveldean and Brian Taylor are the guys that directed it. Oh, no one will ever know their name. Exactly. They're always going to be the Crank guys. The guys from Crank. And as you said, Crank was phonetic. It, it had no slowdown moments. Whereas Ghost Rider 2... It felt like a short film. Like, when it finished, I thought, well, it was probably felt about 90 minutes, if not quick. But the well, problem being, in between action scenes, it dragged. 
And they were only short. Like, it was a quick film. And the talking scenes were only short between the next action scenes. But fuck, when you got to them, it's just like grinding halt. Yeah, I I found myself looking at my watch quite a bit during the film. And we subjected our friend Joel to it, which I don't really know why Joel is our friend. (laughs) The amount of stuff we make him watch, and it's like, oh, you really love this. And it's like, oh, man, this is bad. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But yeah, he, he basically sat there and looked at us and went, what have you made me watch? But it has the pedigree there that you would think would be a better film. But interesting, if you look at how and when it was made, like the opening credits start and you get like five production companies. Whenever you see more than three production companies at the start of a movie, you know it's not good. Yeah. It means there's a lot of fingers in pies, something's gone wrong somewhere or whatever. And the problem with this is, apart from Warner Brothers, the other ones you do not know who they are. You have not heard of these production companies Well, at they're all. all Eastern Europe. And they're all Europe and, and Dubai, Abu, Abu Dhabi yeah. or something. So basically, this was all funded by Arab and Eastern European money. So it was filmed in Turkey and it was filmed in Romania or something like that. Yeah. So it, it, it's not for an American audience. This is made, obviously, there is a market there. The, the, these production companies know they're going to make their money from the market that they're making it for. There's tax write-offs by filming in these countries. That's why it's made. It's not a Hollywood movie by any stretch. Well, it, you can tell it's not a Hollywood movie because other than Nicolas Cage, none of the main actors are from anything, are they? It's like, oh, the main devil guy is someone. I think he'd been in English sitcoms or not sitcoms ever English soaps or something like that no he's in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy which is probably the best movie I've seen this year yeah that was Kiara Hines Claren Claren Hins yeah however you want to and Idris Elba I'd never heard of him before he was Luther in the show Luther never saw it but see he was kind of like your your secondary sidekick to Nicolas Cage he was in Thor was he He's the, oh, he's the guard in yeah, Thor, isn't he? Yeah. I just didn't recognise him with the helmet on. I, I just thought he was annoying. And really? Anthony Stewart Head was in it for from Buffy seconds. for about a minute at the start, and then he was gone. And Christopher Lambert just turns up later on in the film. It's kind of like, you know, maybe they were filming in his home city, so he decided he wanted to be in the movie. But then reading on the IMDb and, and reading on the wiki, he had like two or three months of sword training before he filmed that movie. And did fuck all with the sword. He I held remember the sword he for held about it, two it. seconds because he was going to do a sacrifice. Hmm. But then you know, the big bad, bad guy blackout came and, you know, Took him off the screen. Yes. And you know, I don't know, I, I haven't read any of the Ghost Rider stories, any of the comics leading up to this. Now, this is a hard thing. Like, the, the first Ghost Rider movie, you've seen it? No. You haven't? All right, you're not missing anything. Well, so, so I'm told. Yeah, um, it's filmed in Australia, which doesn't, which is great as a Melbourneian to see my city up there on the big screen trying to be Texas. Very strange, but it's kind of dull. Yeah. And this is the problem. You've got a guy on a flaming motorcycle with a skull on fire... How do you make that dull? He does a stunt because he's a stuntman who sells his soul to the devil. That's how he becomes a ghostwriter. In the first movie, he, as a stuntman, he does a stunt where he's jumping over in a stadium, a motorbike jumping over three helicopters that are hovering everything. How do you make that boring? He does. Yeah. Um, he's just not a really good director. The movie was okay, but it was. I think it was sold to the producers and to the, all the production companies saying, we're going to make this movie, here's the visual. And the visual of Ghost Road is fantastic. Yeah. It looks great as a single issue of a comic or a single picture. This is, oh, wow, that looks cool. And I think that's how we sold it. 
Yeah. Superhero movies are hot, and it's like, this is going to be cool. But, but to make it work, because as soon as you take a face away from an actor and put it in, like Spider-Man worked luckily. But you take a face away from anything, at least Batman's got a mouth, and Superman, you can see his face. Yeah. As soon as you take that face away, it's hard to convey any sort of emotion or empathy towards a character. Spider-Man was lucky, and they sort of take his mask off a lot in the movie because of it. Yeah. Ghost Rider, he's got no face at all. It's, it's a skull with flames. And, they, and he doesn't even talk. No, he does in the comics, and they never try to do it. Maybe it looks too silly. Yeah. And these are some things look great on a, page, on a page, but they don't look good when they're moving. And I think they did a really good job in the second one. The second one, it looked a lot better because he's meant to be on fire, and that his jacket's actually bubbling. Like he's constantly that I didn't think was there's, cool. there's, and the, the crank guys came through visually there were some amazing scenes and it looked really really good like there was that scene at the end where he was jumping on the truck and his the ghost powers, powers were getting into the, the ghost powers and stuff that was done well and earlier on in the film there was that giant mechanical bucket digger sort of thing that he kind of took over and turned that anything into anything he rides a gets flaming the powers bucket digger. and that looks great all those scenes are really really cool it's just unfortunately there wasn't enough of it yeah. and that's what I was trying to work out how do you I think there's a good Ghost Rider movie out there to be made it's just a really tough one to make you've got to get the right plot and essentially this was Terminator you watch this he's protecting a kid the mum's there protecting the kid she was Sarah Connor he was the Terminator and it really f- it was that whole Terminator 2 feeling it, it was because you know the, the mercenaries were after him and one of the mercenaries got superpowers and became blackout kind of like you know the T was it T-1000 T-1000 yeah so it's interesting to watch would I recommend it I can't recommend it unless you really have an interest if if you like crank there's some scenes you might get out of it but there's nowhere near up to the crank standard but it's definitely it's got some scenes it's got some bits but yeah I, I really hope I think this has probably killed Ghost Rider as a franchise unless some other European countries want to give some tax write off interesting though because the first one made 228 million in the box office and I think art to releasing a film yeah and I, I think it cost them about 110 million so that's still 118 million profit yep and it was due for release mid 2006 and they held it off till January 2007 so it wouldn't clash with smart a couple of other things that were out at well, the time well if it was going to be a summer blockbuster it would have failed yeah but well I think that's what they, they do is they you wait for a window when there's nothing else out and people want to go to the movies and it's like I'll release it then and then all of a sudden people go and you can make some money with the right release time and a mediocre film you can make some money well that being said from looking at the Wikipedia, so far that the box office even for Ghost Rider 2... Would have been here, pretty cheap, I think. Well, they're saying it opened number three in the weekend it opened in the US and it made $22 million in the first week. But I think after that first week, probably all the reviews are out there and no one bothered going to see it. That would be American dollars worldwide. At one, oh, no, is that worldwide total? 122. 122 worldwide, yeah. Which is a fair whack. I mean, it hasn't got DVD sales yet. Exactly. So it's... But then we saw it. It had only been on, what, two or three weeks when we saw it? Something like that. And we saw it on, you know, Cheap Ass Tuesday, and there was only like four other people in the cinema. Admittedly, it was school holidays when we saw it, and there were other movies that people were going to see on a Tuesday night. Because when we got to the cinema to buy our tickets, there was quite a crowd, but I'll tell you what, none of them were in Ghost Rider with us. No. Yeah, I don't know. It's like Nicolas Cage has done a lot of movies that are very dubious. Yes. And I don't know if he was intentionally being a bad actor in this movie, but there were no, just I, scenes where... I think he's in on the joke now. Like, William Shatner and Adam West and these sort of people are in on the joke. Yeah. They are a caricature. Nicolas Cage 
can act. He proved that with he won an Academy Award for leaving Las Vegas. He knows what he's doing. He was really good in adaptation. And and sometimes you can take Nicolas Cage, the character to it, and make something fun. Like Wickham Man. No, I don't know. <laughs> that's a, another discussion altogether. I'm not sure. But that's where he... De- well, it's almost like they've got him to act the way you want to see him without him being in on the joke. That's how that feels. But you see, this is... There's a few times he's trying to do that crazy acting, like he's going a bit nuts, and it just... Isn't convincing. Yeah, there was one stage where he was interrogating someone, and it was kind of like the, the demon was trying to get out, and he was like wrestling with and the it inner was demon. Terrible you know, to watch. It was, it was, it was like a, a guy phoning it in, or thinking this is what people want to see, or something. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It was kind of like watching a Gary Busey meltdown. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to watch a Gary Busey meltdown. But getting back to Wicker Man, there was one stage in Ghost Rider Two where something was burned, and he actually said, "How did it get burned?" And it was kind of like. Is he intentionally doing that? That, is, that is a reference to Wicker Man. Yeah. Which, it's a movie I can only recommend. There's a podcast we absolutely adore called The Bad Movie Fiends. So what I recommend is you go and listen to The Bad Movie Fiends episode of the um, Wicker Man and then watch the movie The Wicker Man. It's the only way I can recommend it. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Or you just go on YouTube and look at best clips from Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah, which is essentially Nicolas Cage punching women for a couple of minutes. In a bear suit. In a bear suit. <laughs> And yelling at kids, <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. So he's he's had his moments as an actor. We had a he had a purple patch there in about two thousand and six, where he won the Oscar for leaving Las Vegas. He went and made Con Air, The Rock, and Face Off. Yeah, and it's sort of like that set him up. He's a Hollywood A list. Before that, he'd been in some films. You know, he's Cohen Brothers and things like that. Not cashing in on his Coppola family name at all. So he well, did he all right was, for himself. He was associated with David Lynch for quite a while as well because he did Wild at Heart. And Wild at Heart, still for me, is the best Nicolas Cage movie. Purely for that line, I'm sorry, I referred to you gentlemen as homosexual. And but, Leaving Las Vegas was a good movie. Raising Arizona is a great movie. A lot of people don't even give that the time of day that it should get. He was back. He was in Birdie back in the day and that showed off his acting ability. Yeah, but pretty much when he became A-list, and from there on he did things like his 8mm and Gone in 60 Seconds and sort of... Things like that. Adaptation. So he, he's still going indie and alternative sort of stuff. Yeah. And then he'd go and do... Well, the, he, he chose the name Cage because he's a massive comic fan. Yeah. Like, after Luke Cage. So he wanted to be Superman. He, there's footage out there of him in Tim Burton's design of the Superman suit. Because yeah. it was that close to being made with him as super, as Clark Kent Superman, directed by Tim Burton. I'm kind of glad it didn't happen if you see the footage of the suit and everything. And him with a crazy wig. But, yeah, he's a mass, uh, comic nut. Yeah. So he got to play a comic character. I don't know if Ghost Rider was his favourite or... I think Superman is his fave because yeah. he actually had a Superman number one, which he sold when he married Lisa Marie because he had to get rid of his comic collection because not only is he a comic nut, he's an Elvis nut and the ultimate Elvis collectible, I think, is his daughter and he did actually have <laughs> her for a while. But, you know, he lost that, so he sold his comic collection and I think he's slowly bringing it back again. So Ghost Rider got his chance to do a comic book movie, but unfortunately it's not a good one. The fact he came back to do Ghost Rider 2 means he obviously still loves it and believes in it. Or he needed a boat. Oh, another boat, yes. I think he's fine for cash, but we could always do with more, can't we? Exactly. But he did, like when he is on the joke and he's doing well, Kick-Ass. I don't know if you've seen Kick-Ass. I haven't seen it yet. He does a great Adam West. Yeah. If you got to see the film to do it, but he that's when you get it right. Yeah. And I think Vaughn as a director is quite good. So Nicolas Cage, when used properly, can do it. Like Drive Angry came out with last year, which is a hokey, silly, cheap... It's a B-movie with an A-list star in it, and he knows exactly what it is, and it fits him going around kicking ass, taking names. Yeah. Being crazy. And it works. In that context, it works. So, yeah, you got to get Nick right. 
Because mm. Nick ain't always going to get Nick right. Well, speaking of getting things right, how do you think they should have done a Ghost Rider movie? I've been thinking about it and what it needs. And you need more Ghost Rider. Because, unf- well, the way Nicolas Cage plays Donnie Blaze is boring. You, uh, yeah. you need... It's a buddy movie with one guy playing the two characters almost. So you yeah. sort of need to play them off. But do you it's, think it's you a Western. It should be a Western. Do you think you need a younger actor than Nicolas Cage no. to play Johnny Blaze? That's about a skull with flames on it and a motorbike. That's what it is. Yeah. But that story has to be good. And why? Because uh, the thing is with the comic, it's easy because each month it's a new story. So it doesn't matter. It's like a TV show or whatever. So each month, the next one, what's he got to do? Save this kid from this thing. Okay, goes along, finds out what happens, gets in danger, gets out, saves him. Next episode. Yeah. And you can have an overarching storyline in the comics. So you can sort of... A little bit can happen each episode. With a movie, you've got to tell a whole story. Now, essentially, because this was relocated to Europe and all this sort of thing, and he's trying to lose the demon, and they had to introduce this whole subplot and then re- re- redeem it at the end. Yeah. It was just a lot of story that isn't Ghost Rider running around kicking ass. So it's almost... Yeah, there is a good one out there. I just can't think of how they do it. So originally in the comics, though, when they created the character of Ghost Rider, he was going to be a villain, wasn't he? And they liked him so much, they decided to make him his own character. Wasn't he uh, going to be a Daredevil villain? I don't know about that. I know the Punisher was a villain to start with. That's true. But if people are popular, comics are there to make money. They're not there to make art. If if something's popular and they can make money, I was like, quick, get more of them out. So Ghost Rider, he said... Various runs over time. He's not been in comics constantly. Like, he hasn't had his own comic out there constantly. He's always... He'll be popular for a while because there'll be a new wave of fans. And for two, three years, he'll be hot. And then his sales will wane. And then a couple of years later, a new writer will come in going, I remember Ghost Rider. I loved him as a kid. I want to write him. And then, bang, he'll he'll spike again. And then, bang, he'll just wane. So he's going to be always this W sort of curve of popular, not popular. And he's a very recognisable character, though. Like, I've never read a Ghost Rider, but if you saw, showed me a picture, I'd know that that was Ghost Rider. Yep. Because there's no one else that can be, really. No. But, I don't know. It's it's a strange one. Well, I'm, I'm hoping they keep making it. I want to see more spectacular photos like this. <laughs> I don't want to see another Green Lantern. I'd rather see more attempts at trying to get it right until they get it right. Yeah. Because, really, you want something that people are still going to talk about. Hmm. Whether they're talking about it because it's not very good or whether they it's forgettable like Green Lantern you're obviously going to want something that's talked about that's not very good because at least people are talking yeah, about it because there's a movie out there that the Donnie Darko director he made a movie called Southland Tales which is terrible but it's almost like this is every idea he had for a movie and he goes this is my only chance to do this thing and it it is a spectacular failure yeah. because he's put everything into this fucking movie and it makes no fucking sense and it's not good <laughs> Like, you really want him sitting next to you the whole time and you can punch him or ask him questions, one or the other. So it's the sort of thing you really have to watch with director's commentary when you watch the DVD so you know what's going on. Pretty much. It's like, why? Mm. Not, not so much what, but just why? I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot about mm. it. It's like It's got musical numbers and stuff in it as well. Yeah, it? you've got Justin Timberlake singing The Killers. You've got The Rock being crazy. You've got... Sam Sarah Michelle Gellar is a porn star. You've got all these Saturday Night Live alumni as serious actors. It makes no sense. Yeah. But it looks okay, but it's long. It's really, really long. So um, I can't recommend that. But again, at least there's a lot of discussion to be made about that movie. And there's a lot of things, like a lot of friends are saying, oh, when they go and remake old movies or TV shows turn them into films and stuff, and they, why are they touching these things? Why remake? And a lot of people wind when they remake good films. 
Yep. And they go, why remake that? We've already got a good film. Why do a new one? And then other people. And they go, why not make a really bad film? And then I've heard people, the same people are winding because they're talking about making Space 1999 into a new series. And they're going, oh, why not? Why remake such a shit show? It's like, well, hang on. Maybe they can make it good. Yeah. And so that's the thing. And that's what I think with Ghost Rider. It's like, maybe someone can make a good one out there. So I hope they don't stop making them. I just hope maybe they stop casting Nicolas Cage after a while because it will look silly when he's old. But, you know, give it time and the right script and the right plot. There is a good one out there. It's like westerns were boring for a while. They stopped making them because there were no good westerns. And then all of a sudden you get a spate of good ones like with Tombstone and Unforgiven or something. So I think I think Ghost Rider could be a Western. You you put him as the man with no name. You put him as Power Rider. It's Ghost Rider. You just have to do it right. It just the that's bottom, my thoughts. Anyway. Well, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Any, anything would be good if it's done right. Well, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up this episode. We've we've given you our opinion of Ghost Rider. It's probably still showing at the cinema now if you're lucky. And I don't know if you really want to go out and fork out the 18 bucks to watch it at the cinema. Maybe just hold off a couple of months and it'll be on DVD. Yeah, I mean, you're not missing anything. A, bl- a nice Blu-ray on a big telly, it'll be fine. Yeah, go see it for yourself. Catch it when it's out on DVD or when it comes on Foxtel and see what you think. Cheers. Yeah. Catch you around. Uh, uh. I gotta go, gotta go, before I do something stupid. I gotta go, I gotta go, gotta go, before I do something lame. If you have any feedback for the show, you can reach us on Twitter at DMA Podcast, or you can send us an email to Podcast at gmail.com. Look for us on iTunes as the Massive Attack Podcast, or look at our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.